guys, and uh, w- welcome to episode 96 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. Hey, and I'm Andy. Ooh, yeah, I'm Zach. Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. And uh, we, this is the episode where we're, we, we are going to be talking about singing in the rain. Uh, but before we do that, uh, guys, what the hell you've been watching or playing? I want to go first. I always go first. I don't know why I even say it. Um, uh, I watched Samurai Rebellion. It's just a, a samurai movie from Japan, and Toshiro Mifune's in it. Also, Tattoo Nakadai's in it. They're like two of my favorite Japanese actors, and it's directed by... What's his name? Masaki Kobayashi, I think. And uh, it kicked ass, and it was really good. I don't, there's... You know, that's that's all I got to say about that, because I'm too excited to talk about Police Story. Have you guys ever seen Police Story? It's a Jackie Chan movie from Hong Kong. No, I wanted that set off of uh, fucking Criterion. Criterion. Yeah, Yes, that's what I've been watching. Uh, that movie fucking tears ass. It is so <laughs> fucking cool. God damn it. I love that movie. <laughs> I, I watched Police Story and a few days later, I watched Police Story 2. Police Story 2 also whips all the ass. But Police Story is like a fucking perfect movie. Like I really like that movie. The stunts in it are like out fucking standing and it's like also really funny and it's it's an interesting enough story jackie chan is just uh the best he uh, co-produced co-wrote starred in directed did the stunt choreography and performed the theme song (laughs) what so jackie chan is like the best and um uh, it's interesting because police story came after he tried to break into hollywood a little bit and like failed like really bad he put out some like really shitty movies in actual hollywood and kind of went back to hong kong with his tail between his legs and then like had something to prove like he had to prove that he could make a good movie and then made police story which is a masterpiece and then everyone was like oh shit jackie chan's like really great isn't he and then you know rush hour and everything came after that but uh, Police Story is great. I cannot talk up that movie enough. Everyone's got to see Police Story. Everyone. I also want to see The Foreigner with Jackie Chan in it as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jackie, you know, Jackie Chan kind of reminds me of the uh, Gene Kelly in the uh, Singing in the Rain, kind of. He started off as a stuntman, ended up being a star. Oh, well. Sure. Okay. That, at, fir- at first, you, I was like, what are you talking about? But now <laughs> <I> thought, <laughs> for a second, I thought he was going to say, you know, Jack Chan reminds me of Bruce Lee. He's Asian. He does martial arts. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, everyone's got a favorite martial arts guy. And, you know, it's always been Bruce Lee for me, but it's starting to be Jackie Chan for me. Just because Bruce Lee, I think, is a more impressive martial artist. Uh, he's He was, like, the closest that mankind could be to being a goddamn superhero. But Jackie Chan is like he's got so much character and he's funny and he's he's like he expresses himself with like his face and stuff. And um, I watched uh, on the Criterion disc. There's a special feature of Edgar Wright talking about him. It's really it's just they sat down in an interview with Edgar Wright and Edgar Wright just talks about how much he loves Jackie Chan for 20 minutes. (laughs) He makes a good point. He says, look, Bruce Lee's great. But the reason I like Jackie Chan is when he fights, it's not so much that he's fighting is it's equal parts him defending himself. And that sounds kind of stupid, but they show a clip from Police Story 2, and he's, like, fighting in a restaurant, and he's, like, punch, punch, block, gets hit a couple times, block, someone throwing a chair at him. He uses a stool to grab another stool, flips it out of the guy's hands, dodges a chair, guy throws a bottle at him. And it's, like, this super well-choreographed, like, offense, defense, moving around. He takes some blows. You actually worry about him. Whereas with Bruce Lee, it's just... You know, he breaks into a place where a bunch of people are practicing um, 
whatever kung fu what is it in the chinese connection i can't remember but that movie's also great but he breaks in and like takes out nunchucks and you're just like oh these guys are about to get their asses beat like there's not like an interesting back and forth it's just bruce lee just whips them which is also something i love watching don't get me long don't get me wrong uh enter the dragon chinese connection these movies are all great too but i don't know i'm starting to come around on jackie chan yeah, and he's kind of right when it comes to, like, there's a, a equal part of defense. Because I think in a lot of his movies, he's always retreating and blocking until, right. until he, you know, has to use force because he's, you know, getting cornered and stuff. But he's always uh-huh. he's always trying to get out of there. I love Jackie Chan movies. And particularly in both the police story movies because he's a cop. So it's not like he's looking for these situations. I don't, again, uh, police story is great. I recommend it to absolutely everyone. What is the one movie? What is it called? Rumble in the Bronx? Was it is that another Jackie Chan movie? It is. I have not seen it. I, I remember it vaguely because I used to watch it uh, at my friend's house when he had like a little garage and a TV and Jackie Chan movies were going on all day. That's why I like him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, is that all you watch, you said? And play any video games? Um, I played... Uh... Yeah, you know what? I played a bunch of. It's gonna sound really weird, but I just couldn't resist playing a bunch of Super Mario sixty four this week. I don't know what it was. Um, it just it kept coming up in like YouTube videos I was watching and like Facebook stuff and like just memes on Reddit. I just kept seeing Super Mario sixty four, and I just wanted to play it again. And uh, that game really held up really well. It aged really well. I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. I just played it for a while and got like you know a dozen stars in various worlds but i like that game a lot it really it really aged pretty pretty well mm-hmm. cool zach what about you what did you do uh see watch wrestling which we did a whole thing about that mm-hmm. oh yeah i watched some of you guys wrestling show by the way thank you oh you did, <laughs> yeah, did. what do you think uh, it was pretty good i mean you couldn't really see what we were talking about i guess but right mm-hmm. <laughs> live commentary though yeah. I, um, I, I, wait, hold on. I'm curious. What part did you uh, watch, by the way? Did you watch us when we were complaining about the tag team match? No, I don't think so. I don't recall that. Because when, oh, okay. when the tag team match, we fucking wrecked that. And we're like the only people that hated it. <laughs> yeah, everybody else seems to love it. We're like, man, this match is garbage, man. That's like a whole, let's get into a whole other can of worms, though. Well, if you want to hear more about it, uh, yeah. go listen to their wrestling show. You're going to hear more Thursday. Yes. <laughs> um well I, w- I watched this movie we're going to talk about mm. um i played doom uh 2016 I'm, I'm replaying it before eternal comes out yes uh i'm not that f- soundtrack the other day yeah i need to get that vinyl i still don't have it for some stupid reason yeah it kicks ass but um that's that's kind of been it lately cool all right um First, I want to do this because it was part of an interview. Uh, we had Nick Apostolidis, uh, me and Zach, interviewed him for the Nemesis Project. He's the voice actor for uh, Leon Resident Evil 2 Remake. So he's an actor. Um, so I was like, I need to watch one of his movies and ask him some questions. Uh, there was a horror movie. I forgot what it was called. And then there was an American Girl that was on Amazon Prime. And I was like, the horror movie, and I'm going to be frank, it didn't look that good. American Girl. Um, it, it was a love story, but it was it was pretty good. I I, I enjoyed it. I even said it during the uh, 
the interview, I, I thought him and the other main character had some good chemistry. <laughs> and there was a lot of, uh, what do you call it? it? It had a good ending to the part where I had to research the book that uh, he was reading as the character in, in the movie. Because at the end, she like said a quote, and I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? And then I had to go research it. It, it was good. Um, and by the way, catch uh, Nick Apostolita's uh, interview. on. Uh, yeah, I guess that's something else I watched. I watched that whole thing. Honestly, I'm just going to tell you guys straight up now that's over. I tuned in total expecting it to be like a cringe fest and to like have to tune <laughs> out because I was real embarrassed for you guys. But man, you guys killed it. It was a really good interview. Fuck, you don't give us enough credit, man. I'm sorry. I just, I was like, oh, man, what are they going to ask him? Is it going to be real weird? But I was actually like, Zach, when you were asking him stuff about his training and, like, does he go to the range and stuff, that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Phil's the one that uh, actually thought of that question. I had no idea that he was actually, like, trained in all that stuff. And I never thought about it, but it does make perfect sense that if you're doing mocap, they want you to know how to hold a gun and how to move with a gun. So that makes perfect sense. Like that—that was really interesting when he was talking about that. Like it never occurred to me, but I liked hearing about it. Yeah, I I wasn't aware that he kind of helped train the others too. Like he kind of took on that role a little bit during the game. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I didn't want to go to that thing coming off like a a stupid idiot fan because that's the last thing I wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah, we actually had some um, questions that were like never asked in any of his interviews. Like we were going to dive into like. Let's see how big of a fucking gamer he is. And we actually had questions where it was like, do you prefer Xbox or PlayStation? But we never see that. That's the closest you guys got to like, do you remember those old Saturday Night Lives where Chris Farley would just interview people? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And he'd be like, hey, do you remember when you were in that one movie with uh, with Steven (laughs) Seagal? And the guy's like, yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) That was awesome. No, that was just supposed to be like a little gag question. There were a few that I that I just cut just because of the way the conversation went. Mm-hmm. I uh, guess that's, that's probably an interview, though. Like, if you guys are a slave to your list of questions, it's not organic and it's not interesting. Like, it's an interview is a conversation. So yeah. yeah, you guys did really well, and this is this is for anyone listening too. Like, it's even even if you only have a passing interest in Resident Evil or voice acting or mocap or anything, it's really interesting. It's worth watching. And uh, make sure you watch his uh, TV show that's on the internet called The Fixers, where they go around the world fixing stuff for, you know, people in need. So that's a good good cause. Yeah, fixing. Like, is someone uh, extorting your pizza place? He can fix that problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No, he fixes things. <laughs> uh, I watched, uh, actually, before the show, I watched Ruthless Aggression, The Evolution uh episode by god th- that probably was the best episode out of the whole ruthless aggression thing yeah andy if you want to watch any of those watch that one because uh, it talks about you know triple h rick flair batista and randy orton and i i fucking forgot about the randy orton when he was hurt and he was giving updates i forgot how stupid that was but rnn network yeah. my shoulder has has obtained 95 percent mobility again <laughs> but there's a minor setback. I have chafing from my shoulder strap, and they prescribed antibiotic ointment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was fucking funny. Like, honestly. Yeah, and what I played the yesterday was the Final Fantasy uh, remake demo. 
and graphics look great. Uh, the combat system, I actually uh, had to learn because I was treating it like a fucking stupid hack and slash, and I was getting nowhere. And I actually had to like force myself to be like, this is not a hack and slash. Make sure you're doing strategy with the, you know, uh, uh, moves that you were doing, the spells and the finisher moves and all that. Uh, it's called Materia. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was good. And I actually, uh, I recommend it. It's about an hour demo. You fight the little scorpion fucking boss and that's it. It's done. We talked about it before the show a little bit and... I got on my high horse and was like, well, I'm already going to buy the game, so I'm not going to play the demo. I'm going to be surprised. Ma, 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 ma. Hey, you're being that guy where you're like, I'm not going to watch the trailer because it gives away too much of the movie. <laughs> I am that guy, though, 100%. <laughs> like, if I'm sold on something, I'm going to stop absorbing the stuff for it. Unless there's there's a tipping point. Like, if you're already into something and you start doing that, but if you get real into something, you get thirsty for it, and then you start absorbing all the stuff that comes out again. But that, I'm not that's, that's me with Resident Evil 3 right now. I can't help it. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, that, that's, that, that is a thing. I get that way, too. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'd been, uh, I didn't watch a lot of stuff because the whole interview thing, uh, me and Zach were actually supposed to continue our Resident Evil 5 play, but then when we, when we got this interview, uh, we actually took that day to prepare. I think we both just kind of wordlessly agreed to not do anything Sunday after that because we just did two things Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, bye. And then we didn't talk to each other except for on, like, Facebook Messenger. Yeah, because we had, <laughs> we had that interview, and then we had, like, like five or six hours, and then we had to do the AEW Revolution, and that took a long time, and we were just tired at the end of the day. I think it was, like, three and a half hours or something. Yeah. I was, I was like, getting notifications that you guys were going live. It was getting tedious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I felt, but fucking AEW had to, you know... Take a like a, a one hour fucking tag team match, but that's another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's get into some singing in the rain. And by the way, I I, I just want to start off uh, when I was searching for this movie, uh, how it's spelled is S I N G I N, and I was like apostrophe, yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, wow, I'm singing, gonna, singing, singing in the rain, yeah. Andy, I'll let you take it away first because, you know, this is your movie pick. Yeah, it is. Um, I, uh, I'm kind of showing my I'm, – I'm all into these these old movies and the, the hoity-toity, oh, it's the best, blah, blah. Uh, Singing in the Rain needs very little introduction. Everyone has heard the song Singing in the Rain at some point in their life. I found out recently that um, when it's in this movie, that was the seventh time it was featured in a movie just that song so the song's pretty popular and not just that but it's very possible that you've heard um make them laugh that's probably a pretty popular song you may have heard um good morning good Good morning morning. good morning yeah that's another famous song there's a lot of songs from this movie that have just like stayed in popular culture whether you know where they're from or not i mean the name of the movie is singing the rain so that one's pretty obvious but um it's about it takes place in like the late 20s Everyone, they're all in a small movie uh, production company, and uh, the one guy's really famous. He's like one of the faces of the studio. His buddy plays the piano for the studio, just the mood music. And um, <clears throat> talkies are becoming a thing. Um, movies with 
sound. And at first everyone's like, oh, that's silly. That's not going to be a thing. And of course it is a thing and it's very popular and they have to scramble to save um, his, the, the woman he acts opposite enough or opposite of is kind of the villain of the movie. She's like a total bitch and she's okay in silent movie, but her voice is awful. <laughs> so they have to like save the movie because she sounds like trash and they do it with, uh, with the, the other star who is a, a woman the main guy meets and they fall in love and she's got a great voice and blah 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 it's it's a uh, it's a musical of course she has a great voice uh right off the bat uh i just want to say gene kelly is a fucking trooper because that uh singing in the rain apparently he was like deadly sick during oh yeah he was super sick that day that's like a real famous story some some sources say he had a temperature of like 101 mhm and they were just fucking pouring water on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. It might have felt better. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I really like the music in this. I uh, was actually expecting, like, because i never seen the movie before. I just know, like, the, uh, you know, famous scenes of uh, singing in the rain. But, like, yeah. I, I thought the whole movie was going to be singing. And it, it was actually pretty decent. You know, I, I loved all the characters. I even loved the... You know the bitchy one because I did fucking <laughs> I fucking lo- loved her stupid ass voice. Like, what do you mean I gotta do this? Like, what do you think I'm stupid or something? <laughs> she can't pronounce anything correctly. <laughs> can't. <laughs> but uh, sue. Yeah. One thing I want sue you. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up is, um, especially in this modern time, like. Uh, you know, I always get into politics in some way, but I'm not really preaching. I just, I just see it from a, uh, a different uh, view now because what you're ha- incapable of enjoying, if enjoying simple, clean, and fun media without seeing it through a political lens. I understand. That's no. fine. Let me guess. Something upset you, didn't it? Now you got to tweet about it. No, no, no. Nothing really upset. <laughs> it's just. You know the scene where he drops in the car and then he's like, well, I'm an actor. And, you know, just like he puts his arm around her and I'm like, ooh, today that wouldn't pass. Yeah, he comes on like really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there were times where like the men were just like, I'm going to grab her. And I'm going to kiss her and all that. stuff. I mean, that was the times back then. And, you know, I don't know. It, it was just... It's, it's, with today's politics, seeing this movie, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if that could pass today. And I'm surprised, like, there ain't no cancel culture, like, going back to this movie and be like, hey, you know, this movie is very uh, misogynist. I hate to jinx it or something, but I think this movie is kind of more powerful than that. Like, this this movie has such a reputation. Like, people who haven't seen it are aware it's a good movie. It's kind of like... Man, saying this makes me cringe because it's such a dumb thing to say, but it's kind of like the Citizen Kane of musicals. Bleh. <laughs> but it, it is in a way like it did a lot of things first and best. Um, I mentioned on the last episode that it tops uh, the American Film Institute's list of the most important musicals. I think it's like number five in the, the most important movies of all time, American movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and again, it's a musical, which isn't everyone's taste, which is 100% true. But like I also said on the last episode, like even if you don't like a genre, if you can watch the best of something, usually you'll get something out of it. And I, I that's part of why I chose this is I felt safe in thinking each of you would at least like enjoy it, even if you don't love it. 
Like, I love it. I love this movie. I think this movie's really good, but I don't know how you two were going to take it. And I was actually really interested to find out. Yeah, my favorite character uh, throughout this whole movie was Donald O'Connor's character, Cosmo. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's the best. Oh, yeah, I love him. Yeah, because he would be like, I'm not the star. You're uh, you're the star. Uh, What was the other character? I I just know him by the actors. Gene Kelly. Don. Yeah. And, like, Every time Don would be like, am I a good actor? He's like, just, you know, do some comedy here and there. And he, like, had a whole, like, uh, song bit of him, like, fucking doing these running up the wall flips. And then, like. Make Him Laugh is, I think, my favorite musical of the movie. It's it's funny. It's a catchy song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like the uh, the head of the movie company uh he's like i'm the boss around here and they're they're just like telling him what to do he's like wait am i the boss here (laughs) what's going on (laughs) yeah he's good dude everything was really shot well and then they had you know i love the music number near the end where uh fuck i forgot the song but it was just dance something about dancing it's the broadway uh guy i forget the it's called the it's the broadway one yeah gotta dance that yeah, one. yeah that one i i i like the art and just like in la la land when they had that art scene in like the dream sequence mm-hmm. this was kind of him you know dreaming what it could you know their his view of the movie that he wants to do or broadway show i didn't really get that scene actually was he just explaining what it could be with her yeah, he's doing a pitch, and then it kind of went into like his, I guess, his vision of yeah. it. It's um, they wrote all the songs before they wrote the script of this movie, oh, really? which sounds like an awful idea. But they had all these good songs, and then the writers had to write a script around them, and it was clear that that one song didn't really fit. So that's why they did the weird. Oh, we still have to shoot one more scene. It'll go like this, and then it's that one. Mm. it's like the only one that didn't fit into the story they wrote so yeah they kind, of, they kind of lost me for a bit then when it was over the the head of the studio uh was like i don't know about that one i guess i'll have to see it on film kind of made me <laughs> laugh <laughs> oh another character i really like is the director one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they're very first trying to uh shoot with sound and the mic keeps getting messed up. He's like, you have to talk into the bush. And they like, sews it onto a thing and keeps yelling, going out there and yelling cut. That guy's really funny. I like the way he, uh, he performs that scene. Yeah. He just comes then the studio just comes out there. What's this cable? This is dangerous. He's pulls it and just ruins everything. <laughs> Andy, you're the film expert. Uh, back then, did they go into like a recording booth like they did in this movie? I guess I, I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I'm unaware of that. I have to admit, I know a fair amount about film. I wouldn't call myself an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know a lot about early Hollywood. Like I love Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd, but I don't know much about the making of film back then. So I, that's something I'd kind of like to learn more about. I'm working on it. Hmm. Zach, w- w- what's your opinions on the movie? <clears throat> Uh, I liked it pretty well, actually. Um, kind of, it's of that period, I guess, where people were making like musicals back. Uh, musicals of that era kind of have like a certain uh, taste or feel to them. I want to say it fits in with that a lot. Like, it reminded me a lot of like Sound of Music and stuff, sort of. Yeah, they all have like 
um like the the color grading is like different i don't know what it is yeah like there's like early color film i guess um i also want to say the movie looked a lot better than what i thought it did it surprised me a lot the the clarity and quality of it um the uh it's good that it does look this well this is one of the films that the original negatives were famously lost in a big fire yeah i was just reading about that a few minutes ago that uh, how about a lot of Gene Kelly stuff burned up in that 2008 fire? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I said, we liked, I liked Cosmo's character a lot. He had some of the best lines in that movie. Call me a cab. You're a cab. You're it's a fun. cab. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, Those fans ripped up his fucking jacket like hell. Yeah. Man, they are rough. I think they were zombies. I think they were going to eat him or something. <laughs> They were trying. Um, man, what else? I guess, you know, all I could think of this whole time is how you all, Andy, you always go like, I like movies about making movies. That's what this is, kind of. Right. That's uh, honestly um, a friend of ours. I mentioned this before, but a friend of ours told me I should watch this movie. And like, I'm slow to get into musicals. I'm not against it, but it's just, you know, it's not my cup of tea. I started yeah. watching it. And it's like, if he would have just told me this was a movie about making movies, I would have immediately been in. I love movies about making movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that, that scene where he jumps into, uh, what's her name? God damn it. Debbie, Debbie Reynolds character, Kathy, when she, mm-hmm. <laughs> when she jumps into the car and, uh, you know, she's like screaming to police and the police is like, Hey, it's Don Lockwood. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, Don Lockwood. I fucking hate film. Broadway's better. <laughs> I, yeah, that kind of made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess at that time, that might have been an actual debate. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen one, you've seen them all, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, no, that does that does kind of – I guess that was a debate. That's my understanding, anyway, is a lot of people considered film – like, oh, film will never mean anything. You'll never be able to tell a good story like you can on the stage. And uh, I've always been really frustrated and disappointed that the same way that film came of age and started being used to seriously tell serious stories, gaming hasn't managed to do in the last couple decades. But that's that's neither here nor there. That's that's a huge tangent. But that's kind of the way I've always thought about it. Mm-hmm trying to think what else i could talk about uh love the director love donald o'connor uh i didn't really understand like no i i i i know what they were trying to go for for the scene where don was like it was her all along that was her voice like she ran away crying was was she thinking she was getting laughed at i I don't get it no i think she was mad at uh don because he kind of Brow beated her into just going back there and doing that when she didn't want to anyway. Yeah, he said, like, this is too important. You have to do it. And that, that really upset her. Mm. Yeah, she kind of got ganged up on by all the guys. And she just like was like, fine, I quit. <laughs> and uh, I hope <laughs> Lena's character gets, like, arrested for blackmail, pretty much. Because <laughs> uh, near the end where she was like, you know, it's in the contract. It's five years. And then it's like that. What? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that, that was, I was going to say, what were you going to say? I was going to say, as I was watching this movie and every time, like she spoke, 
I kept thinking is like, is that where that voice comes from? Or everybody does that in like a cartoon or some other movie, or it's like, you know, Harley Quinn kind of sounds like that now. Yeah. And just stuff. I'm like, is that where this originated from this movie? That's, that's a, very possible. Yeah. That's a good question. That's a good question because the family guy, the, uh, the mother sounds like her too. Yeah. And then like, I was reading a little bit about this movie after I got done watching it. And apparently, um, Oh crap. I forgot her actress's name. Uh, when she was trying out for the part for that movie, though, of Lena, uh, she did like a dead on impression of uh, some other actress in a movie she was an understudy from. And that's what got her the role. And I'm wondering maybe if it, that's actually where it came from is that movie. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. That way I just don't sound like some idiot that read a Wikipedia article and forgot about it like just now. Yeah, I, I have a hard time not just being like, oh, I'll just read all the IMDb trivia and I'll sound really interesting on the podcast tonight. Like, I'm trying to get away from doing that because, yeah, it's the same kind of like I don't want to be uninformed and just speak in blurbs. So I try to try to Google like some articles and some real stuff. But hey, sometimes that's where it's at. Yeah, yeah. I actually looked up uh, the history, uh, like when Gene Kelly got fucking uh, sick during that uh, singing in the rain. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll, I'll throw that in there. And I got apparently that. he is a huge asshole, too. <laughs> really? Yeah, I guess like um, I mean, it's not like he's I don't know. Maybe he is a bad person, but he was <laughs> like he was like in charge of the movie, more or less. Like he was teaching them how to do the dances and like telling everyone how it would be. And he would like shout and yell at people and like days would go like 19 hours and stuff like that. Um I had read that at some point Donald O'Connor had told Debbie Reynolds, though, that Gene Kelly had yelled at him a bunch extra because at the time Debbie Reynolds was only 19 and Gene Kelly knew that he couldn't yell at her as much as he wanted to because she'd like quit or cry too much or something. So he would lay into Donald O'Connor like twice as hard because he'd be really frustrated. <laughs> but he's, li- he's listed as a director on this movie, too. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's where that credit comes from. Yeah, he apparently, though, he yelled at people and he was like hard to work with. But it was because he was like a perfectionist and like a real hard nose or something. But I don't know. It paid off. He made like one of the best movies ever. So Yeah. I mean, look at uh, Stanley Kubrick when he was. I was about to say he's the Stanley Kubrick tap dance. Yeah. When, you know, when he was yelling at fucking Shelley Duvall and all that stuff. Yep. What a prick, but that movie was good, so whatever. Um, What else was I going to say? I actually tweeted this. You guys might not like see it in him, but uh, I was watching this movie, and at times and at different angles, I was like, wow, that kind of looks like Nolan North, the voice actor. I don't know if you've seen pictures of Nolan North, but I actually, I I actually tweeted Nolan North. I'm like, hey, if there was ever like a – a reboot of singing in the rain you should like go for that part because you just look you look like gene kelly and hmm. sadly he never came back to me because he's probably like what a fucking idiot yeah he probably thinks you're just trying to like suck his dick or something probably <laughs> but uh that was that, that was like i was like oh wow he kind of looks like uh, nolan north but uh people probably would be like nah he doesn't whatever uh anything negative to say about this movie there's a couple there's a couple bits I'm not the huge fan, hugest fan of. I really don't like the song or the choreography when um they go into that sound studio and he's like 
hitting the switches and it's like oh look a sunset and oh you're up here on the balcony whatever I, I, that song and the dancing in it i thought was kind of boring yeah i would say that's probably the weakest song out of the bunch yeah i didn't really care for the uh when she was at the party uh debbie reynolds but i understand that like that scene would pretty much move along the story where she threw the pie or cake at Lena's character. Oh, I like that part. That's hilarious. Oh, I, yeah, that part's funny. I like what led up to it, but I just didn't care for the dancing and the, the music number for that. No, well, that one was short, at least. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what about you? Uh, I just did uh, the part where he started talking about the the Broadway thing, and you know they went to that number. That's the only part where the movie kind of lost me a little bit. It, it was so long, and I was starting. To, I was starting to think like, "What's going on?" It's just a new movie, yeah. Yeah, it almost turned into a new movie for a minute. That the the actress in it that was like the I guess the gangsters mall or whatever. I kind of dug her. I thought she had something in that. No, I, I found out. She spun off and did like another big musical that she was kind of sort of the star of, and Peter Lorre's in it, and a bunch of other people. Oh, right on. Uh, I might try to go out of my way to watch that just because of some of the people in it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think what confused me about that scene, I was like, it wasn't he trying to pitch about Debbie Reynolds' character being in a movie? And it, yeah, it, it, that's what it was. It's just like th- that's what I thought, and then it goes into it, and I'm just like, what's going on? Wait a minute. <laughs> Cause she's, not, it, she's not in there, right? Not at all. I feel like the plot got kind of lost in that, but I guess they just wanted to, you know, put that song, that number in there. Um, I, uh, I chuckle every time it's like, we're the bad guys and they're all just like tossing a coin. Um, yeah, it's, it's so hammy, but I don't know. It works. I guess it just made me think of two face the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just did. Um, Oh yeah, real quick. I didn't mention this. My favorite number is actually the one where Don and Cosmo are at the Diction Coach, and they make a whole song about fuck just gibberish. It's just made out of gibberish. Oh, and, <laughs> and then they just pile a bunch of garbage on the dude and cover him up. <laughs> yeah, like they wrecked his office, and they're all smiling and shit like that. I, I that was I, that was my favorite number. <laughs> yeah. I also really like the intro where he's lying about his background dignity. <laughs> oh yeah that part was really funny too actually it was pretty clever it's a really good way to set the tone for the movie because he's like we always performed for my parents uh, high society friends and it's just the two of them in a pool hall getting thrown out mm-hmm. so, yeah the, we, we we went to the uh the college of uh of theater and acting and musicianship and they're playing in a bar yeah <laughs> then we went on a tour of all the most prestigious places and it's like I can't remember. Coyote Hole, New Mexico, or something. Coyote Hole. I can't remember what it was called. Coyote something, and it's oh like a bullshit towns no one's heard of, and it's like we were stranded uh, visiting Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how like they hit uh, like snuck into movies and shit. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they only saw the the highest uh, society quality movies, and they're like sneaking into like a monster bullshit movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I, something else weird about this movie, just worth mentioning. It's not something I dislike, but it rains more in this movie than I think it has in California all goddamn year in real life. <laughs> it's true. That's right? Because like, don't they have a drought or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because every time... And um, 
another thing about the singing in the rain uh song uh they actually had a set where they had to cover up the uh set with like sheets and shit to make it darker oh, yeah which was I saw I saw like a AFI thing about just that scene. So I know a lot about that scene. Mm. I, what I also love about Amazon Prime if you watch it on the computer is if you hover your mouse over the uh the the player, it gives you little tidbits that are pretty cool from IMDb. If you watch um if you watch on an Amazon Fire Stick too, uh, whenever you pause during movies, it'll show you these are the actors that are in the scene. You can select them and it'll show the other movies they're in and stuff like that. Yeah, I freaking love that because half almost all, every time I watch a movie, I'm like, who is that? They seem familiar to me. Yep. That's now you can now you know. It'll also like show the song that's playing in the scene. I really like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get on it, Netflix. Come on. Stop being a slacker. They don't own IMDb like Amazon does. That's true. Man. I didn't know Amazon owned IMDb. They do. When did that happen? I don't know, 2008, 9, 10. Uh, I, I pulled that out of my ass. That might not even be true. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, on any IMDP page, scroll all the way to the bottom. It says an Amazon company. Oh. They probably bought it when they bought Twitch. So I think it was before. I think it was before Twitch. Okay. That's when they took out the comments section of IMDB. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Every time I, I want to like learn stuff about a movie or just see people like bullshit about it. Now that's all gone. There's no comment sections on any movies anymore. They took all that shit out. They still have user reviews. Yeah, that's it, though. It's kind of boring. Yeah. All right. We're in the weeds. We're in the IMDb weeds. <laughs> anyway, final thoughts on the movie. Andy. Uh, it's a masterpiece. Um, even if you don't like musicals, if you were going to watch one musical, this is kind of the one I recommend, I think. Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? Uh, so far, this is the best live action musical I've ever seen. Wow. So, and there. <laughs> so, there are three movies. Uh, now, there's three movies that I consider one of the best live action uh, musicals is uh, Little Shop of Horror. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Very good one. Uh, I do love Grease. I mean, that's always going to be in my heart forever. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that. And I'm going to say Singing in the Rain is another one. So it made the top three. Wow. I'm almost like Booker T. With his well, I'm glad you both liked it then. Yeah. You know, musical. Like like you said, it's not my cup of tea, but I, I'll, I'll watch it. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Time to get into some, some. Actually, before we move on, Zach, what is your movie that you're picking? Okay, so I've actually had this really long debate about which one I'm going to pick. Okay. Because uh, I think I told you guys off air, I'll just go ahead and say it here. I was like, ah, you guys ever see Rocky Horror Picture Show? Okay. And you both said no. Correct. But I kept I kept debating on myself whether or not that uh, I should assign that one because I feel like it's something that's better when you watch it with people. That's what people have always told me. I have a lot of friends who don't care for this movie, but they're all like, if I if I ever got the chance to see it in theaters, I would 100% because it's like the experience. There's like something to do with like, oh, you yell something when someone's on screen. You throw toilet paper when this happens. You do. Uh, what? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Someone explained it to me once, and there's like a bunch of like etiquette and rules to seeing this movie in theaters. I don't. That's not. That's not really what I was getting at. But yeah, that's true. This this weird cult following kind of cropped up around that movie. 
Right. And it involved people going to like, they call it like Rocky Horror Night or whatever. And then they, they'd go to some old theater that would show it. They would arrange it. And then they would do all that stuff that Andy just said, basically. Yeah. But so, I don't, I don't, I, that's not even what I was talking about. I didn't participate in any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, to me, it's a kind of a funny, goofy, ridiculous movie. And I feel like it's better enjoyed like with friends or something like watching it in person. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Like, you know, I mean, that'd be a good candidate for like a, in real life movie night or something. <laughs> um, oh, then I was also, it? yeah, I think I'm going to go with, uh, you got, you guys ever see purple rain? No. no. Well, there you go. It's Purple Rain. I, I can't believe you didn't choose that to begin with. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, for some reason, that was not my first thought. And then I was like, what else can I fucking say? It's like, no, I don't want to do a Disney movie. And I was like, yes, Purple yeah. Rain. I mean, that's that's a very that's a very you kind of pick. I've always kind of wanted to finally see that movie. So, yeah, that, this is perfect. There you go. Sweet. I'm, I'm, I'm hype. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, you know, saying well, Rocky Howard per- picture shows garbage i'm just like uh, i didn't really want to see it but- no that that was on me it, listen i was just like you before i ever saw it my, my sister basically browbeat it into me watch, watching it with her one time mm. and it's it's fucking hilarious <laughs> okay it's it's um i'll see it um, one day i'm sure yeah it's some of tim curry's best work oh my god he's such a damn ham in that movie <laughs> nice but purple rain i gotta see so Yes. Yeah, I uh, maybe I'll, you know, slight spoiler for what I'll probably talk about next week. But um, I know this makes me a heathen, but I've never particularly cared for the album Purple Rain. Like, it's OK, but it's like not even close to my favorite Prince album. So I don't know. Maybe this will help me appreciate it more. It might. It might change your mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm in the same. Oh, just uh, just real quick ahead of time. Don't expect like the best acting ever out of this movie. Okay, that's that's fair. All right, it's, it's you know it's more like a, a Prince vehicle rock musical, but it does have a plot and everything, and it, I, I like it for what it is. It's I don't know, we'll see. I can enjoy a movie without good acting. I spent a hundred and something dollars on a Godzilla box set last year, so I'll be <laughs> yeah, okay. alright. We watched the Resident Evil movies, guys. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, we'll go into some news that mattered to us. By the way, everybody, watch Purple Rain and come back and talk to us about, you know, Purple Rain. Whatever. You better. Anyway, news that mattered to us since we're on the uh, Resident Evil movies. uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, you know, he didn't post it himself, but he released the posters of Monster Hunter. Sort uh, of. It's It's just Mila standing with a big sword in a field. And what is it, Tony Ja? Is that how you say his name? J A A. Anyway, <laughs> is his, that a real name? <laughs> I I believe so. Tony Ja. Tony, yes. But um, he had a really big bow and arrow, just like Monster Hunter, because that's how the game is. And I'm just, I don't don't see the movie. Just fucking don't see it. I, I I hate to say it because he's really a step above him. Like he's definitely a huge step above this guy. But I got like Ua Bowl kind of like feelings from it because it was like such a clueless. Ah, that's on the back of the game case. We'll put that on the poster kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, even though like the later movies in Resident Evil, we were just like, it's so fucking crazy, but it's so good. Uh, 
I could see if this became like a trilogy or whatever. Oh, oh it will. <laughs> There's going to be more than one of these movies. I would, if someone would take a bet on it, I would bet that. There's going to be more than one Monster Hunter movie. How much story is in the game of Monster Hunter, though? That's my question. Not a lot. I was under the impression not a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought it was just like this, almost like you're playing an MMO, but like with no context or anything other than you hunt monsters. Well, now here, here's. Here's some food for thought. I think that'll suit um, Paul the Bad One Anderson better because Resident Evil had a plot and he just didn't care and did his own thing and then like try to double back and actually care about it. But who cares at that point? It was already ruined. (laughs) Yeah, it was already ruined. Monster Hunter doesn't have a plot. So whatever he does, it's like, well, he had to make something up. So I don't know. Maybe he'll make something cool up. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I have no investment in Monster Hunter, and as far as I knew, there was no narrative to it, really. Yeah. So it's like eh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll go see it just cause. I think the only cringe I would have is like it's on Earth, and these monsters came to Earth, and now we have to hunt them. There was a virus that turned regular animals into monsters. <laughs> Something like that. Imagine like he. Rathalos is from the moon. <laughs> yes. Imagine like Monster Hunter is like actually a good Resident Evil story, but it's Monster oh Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> There's like an evil organization. <laughs> turned a bunch of animals into these monsters. He basically just made another Resident Evil movie. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Oh my god. That would be the best movie ever. Now I want to see this movie if it happens. <laughs> I've kind of built myself up, and I think I want to see it. I got to talk somebody into going to it with me, though. Oh man, I don't know. Oh, I <laughs> need to look. I, I don't even look because I didn't care, but now I do care because I want to see the craziness. <laughs> we might have to see this. This might be an assignment. Yeah. Uh, September fourth, twenty twenty. Oh damn, that's so far away. <laughs> Fuck. Well, well, that's that's in place of Star Wars now. Wait. Are they coming out with another Star Wars movie in December? No, no. I'm just saying that took the place of Star Wars because oh. I don't think there is. <laughs> Star Wars comes out in December now. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Miss. I said September. September. Oh, I thought you said December. It cut yeah, out a little. September four. Mm. Oh, never mind then. Never mind. Okay. So we talked about the last couple of episodes about coronavirus disrupting maybe the uh, Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. But now they're just like coronavirus is like Hulkamania and it's running wild everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking like GDC's canceled. Uh, A lot of uh, other cons are starting to get canceled. I think the only ones that are not canceling was PAX East that happened recently. Yeah, it was going on. I remember. And there's there's WrestleMania concerns because there's cases in Tampa Bay, Florida now. Yeah. yeah, the World Health Organization was telling Japan that they should postpone the fucking Olympics this summer. Yeah, it might be a good idea. So, my question to you guys is: How big is this going to dis- disrupt gaming? Are you do you think we're going to see games that are not gold yet get delayed because maybe some of the CDs are getting made in China or like? you know somewhere in asia 
First of all, I completely uh, I'm I'm going to discuss this with you because this is an interesting question that you're bringing up. But uh, how absurd is it that the coronavirus, something that people were concerned about killing a substantial percentage of the world population, and we're worried about it delaying games? <laughs> like that's that's the angle we're taking. Uh, it's it's funny. Sorry, I, but uh, no, <laughs> I mean, you're right. I this mean, is interesting. This is interesting. Um, I mean, do you want to talk about the coronavirus? No, 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 no. We'll get demonetized. No, no, no. You can't talk about coronavirus. <laughs> not, not on, not on big trouble. That's not, that's not our territory. But it's just, it's funny and it's absurd in a way. Mm. It's like the coronavirus might kill like two percent of the world population, but oh man, it's gonna delay the Xbox, Xbox. I want it though. I need to get my games. But uh. <laughs> I've already gotten a bunch of emails from like Kickstarters and stuff that I ordered that is like uh it's manufactured in China, so I don't know when we're getting it. Like I ordered a Dreamcast controller from uh Brawler controllers. I did the Kickstarter and they were it was supposed to come like next month, right around my birthday, which was perfect. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, uh it, parts of it are manufactured in China, so I don't know. Apparently all the parts are manufactured. All they need to be is assembled and put in a box, but all the factories are closed, so there's no one to do it. Um, I'm supposed to be getting a pin from the Yeti. That's delayed. I don't know when I'm going to get that. Um, there was a uh, uh, limited run. A bunch of their collector's editions got delayed because parts of them are made in China. Mm. Blasphemous, Valhalla, and uh, Random Access. Fuck. I have a Blasphemous. Right? You're Blasphemous probably. Mm. Right. But I keep hearing these little things. And yeah, of course, it's going to impact the larger stuff, too, like consoles. And um, honestly, I don't know where game discs are manufactured, but I'm thinking a lot of them are manufactured in Mexico. Maybe. Am I crazy? I don't know. It's not in America. Tell you that. Yeah. Because uh, and and. uh... What really annoyed me, because you brought up the, you know, we're caring about gaming and, you know, like, game uh, cons and all that stuff. Like, I watched one of the content creators who do a podcast. I'm not going to name her out or anything. But she was like, oh, I just wasted money on my airplane tickets and hotels, and which I understand. You paid all that money. It's like, if you're going to complain about it, why don't you go there? Stop complaining about, you know. Or, or just get your money back. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. I uh, This is another anecdote about something that's been going on with me and the coronavirus just affecting my everyday life. I had plans to try to go to Japan this year, and like due to more than one reason, not this, but due to more than one reason, I decided to push it back a year. The Olympics was a big part of that, and there was a bunch of other reasons. But I went ahead and set up a Google alert for um, airfare, for a certain week and the week I just arbitrarily chose was the second week in March. And so throughout the year, and I set the alert like 10 months ahead of time, just so I would get a feeling for when I should book airfare and get the cheapest price. And it was always like right around a grand. If I was like really diligent, I could get it for less nine or 800. Um, if I was okay with extra stops and stuff like that. But since the coronavirus stuff started happening, it like tanked. And you can like fly to Japan round trip for like five hundred dollars right now because no one's going. So that's funny, but also now my experiment is fucked because the control is gone. Like it's not an accurate price. And now I just I wasted fucking ten months of emails from Google flight alerts. They're all worthless now. So thanks a lot, you piece of shit virus. <laughs> I, don't get my game, I don't get my Dreamcast controller. I don't get to know when to fly to Japan. Oh, I guess some people died too. But you know what I mean. 
<laughs> All it says to me is we need to stop relying on China to make everything. Well, yeah, that's true. Damn it. Right, There's people that could make fucking pins here for minimum wage. Okay, I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's also affecting the movie industry. They're they're like they're closing down all the theaters in fucking China, and it's and like taking box office. And China is a big part of box office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna hear a lot of you know crying from Hollywood that they're not making enough money. Ooh, movies. But, you know. Uh, that would actually kind of be good in a way. I wish um, I, I, the, I, I don't have any ill will against like the actual people who live in China. Like I think they should get to see movies too, mm-hmm. but their influence has been directly affecting the way movies are made, like the decisions they make, casting, writing and stuff. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. I don't know what it's affecting directly, but you, you have to understand that, uh, marketing trends in China are affecting the media that we consume now. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, like it is. It's it's annoying. Like I want to see movies that were made, you know, for me, an American audience, like it always was. But now they've got to consider the Chinese audience, and that's why we're getting some of the different stuff we're getting. So I don't necessarily want to say it's a bad thing. I don't know for sure, but I don't like that idea. I, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, consider movies for us or anybody else. I know. I, I hate hey. to sound really ethnocentric about it. it. It does sound like really douchey, but that's the way it is. And it is something that I think about sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this virus gets contained. Uh, the way it's rolling right now, it doesn't look like it. Every, every, everywhere you go, like federal governments, like China, around the world, just going, hey, it's just a flu, bro. Uh, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And people Always do that. I'll always do that, but they're treating this virus like it's just another common cold and flu, and people are dying left and right. So, I mean, that's all you can do right now. There's not a vaccine or anything. Seriously, though, I mean, don't touch your face. Wash your hands. Stop. Well, there's other. This is getting political, but uh, just you know, ban travel. No, I don't like that. Don't take my freedoms away. Just cough into your your elbow once in a while. See that's political. I'm gonna move on to some <laughs> something more fucking uh, stupid, like uh, GameStop trying to survive. Uh, remember when I told you guys that they were uh, thinking about making like a land party, like a party central kind of thing for gaming? Well, that's what they're trying. And to everyone do. collectively rolled their eyes. Yeah, and uh, GameStop the concept of stores of the future is to have land parties in their fucking store. I mean, I know. Man, I, I'm getting real anecdotal about the news this episode, but there's a store nearby that opened up, and that's what they wanted to do. They were just like a land deal, and you went in there and paid to, to play games. And they still do that, and the guy makes a lot of money doing that. But it has gravitated further and further away from that, and now it's more like Warhammer, Magic the Gathering, Dungeons & Dragons kind of place. Mm-hmm. I don't know if GameStop is going to make the kind of money they expect to make doing that. Well, I think there's still going to be like what's really going to suck is apparently you have to have the uh, whatever card member to sit in that chair, by the way. It's not you could just walk in and you could sit in the chair and play games. So you have to have the one you have to actually pay for. Yeah, you have to have you have to have have more than one tier. There's there's like the lowest tier, which you pay for, which doesn't get you 10 percent off used games anymore. In other words, it's fucking worthless. 
And then there's the version above that. So is it that one or is it the regular one? They didn't go to detail, but I, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm just gonna guess that it's the paid one because. Probably. I mean, yeah, they're all paid. I guess I I misspoke, but I'm sure whatever the shittiest one is, it's that one. But let's just talk about GameStop in general, where they hound you at the fucking counter when you're buying a game of all these pre-orders. Imagine just sitting down playing the game. You'd be like, "Hey, you like the game? You want to pre-order it?" Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> like. Uh, that was my thing. I was like, they're going to hound you when you're playing the fucking game when you're sitting down. I've heard this argument for like more than a decade about why GameStop's shitty. And I think a lot of GameStop's business practices are 110% shitty. And asking you to pre-order stuff is shitty in um, theory. But in practice, it's kind of harmless. And I know this is a really unpopular opinion, but let me let me flesh out what I'm trying to say here. Most stores, as long as the person behind the counter isn't a brainless idiot, they don't exactly do the hard sell that much anymore. Um, most of them are pretty cool about it. So, oh, are you interested in that game? Do you want to pre-order it? Oh, no, thanks. Okay, whatever. And then you just move on. That's fine. I expect to be hassled when I go places. Do you have our stupid jc penny card no i don't fucking want it i just want to buy the shirt oh, okay cool here you go you know i expect to get hassled a little bit at brick and mortar stores mm. so that's fine and honestly i still kind of <clears throat> as far as the hate for pre-orders go i lean on the game industry way more than i do gamestop like i think gamestop does it because the game industry gives them incentives and also if you pre-order something you'll come back and get it from them like obviously that's that's an obvious part of business you want to get people into your store so they'll buy things so I've always cut them a little bit of slack on pre-orders. I think it's the game industry pushing it and doing shit like um, relying on pre-orders to, to uh, indicate success and releasing unfinished games because of pre-orders and uh, shitty pre-order incentives and collector's editions and limited supplies of stuff. Like, I mean, I, I, I love Nintendo, but they do that shit too. And so it's kind of the more the game industry, I think. But that being said, GameStop has a hundred other policies that I'll just tear down all the goddamn day with you. Yeah, no I, problem there. I used to be a worker at GameStop, and I had a smart manager be like, if somebody's buying Call of Duty, and let's just say, I don't know, Battlefield something came out, you would try to pre uh, get a pre-order off of Battlefield because he has a shooter. Yeah, that's fine. That makes perfect sense to me. It's like, oh, you have an Xbox. Are you interested in Halo coming out? Oh, okay. Well, some district managers they force other managers' hands where, you know, somebody's buying Call of Duty and you're trying to fucking get them to pre-order Hannah Montana fucking dress up or something. Well, it's because district managers are douchebags. I've never met a district manager that like was worth a damn. No, yeah, they're all fucking stooges. Mm -hmm. Zach, do you have anything about this land party bullshit that game? Uh me and Andy both used to work at GameStop, and we both did it for a while. So, yeah, I was – I don't think that's going to work. And honestly, all I'm thinking of now is, like, what are the people that work at the store going to think? That there's just going to be people in there playing fucking games now. They're yeah. going to have to get a lot of new training, too, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you brought up, like, are they going to try to pitch to you while you're playing? And I'm like, I'm – yeah, the gears are turning. I'm I feel like they're trying to figure out a way that they could do that. Mm -hmm. They could broach that subject probably because it's like, well, when they when they're playing, they're they're vulnerable or some shit. You know the corporate speak 
whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what that's what kiosks are for. Like that's why kiosks were invented in like the late '80s. Is if you're playing an Atari kiosk in a Sears, a guy would come up and like you know pitch the sale to you. That's so. Obviously, that's what they're gonna do, right? I assume. Probably. I guess. Yeah. Uh, imagine the cleaning you're gonna have to do on each seat and controller. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So if you could only see some of the clientele that came into our stores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, this is another thing. I say this a lot when new stuff comes up. I don't think I'm the target audience for this. Like, there's no way in hell I would ever want to go to a GameStop to be playing a LAN with people. Like, the internet exists. Why the fuck would I do that? Yeah, like, the the idea of LAN kind of just sort of died. Yeah, I'm not, like, if it's if it's a bunch of my buddies, if, like, a bunch of my friends were like, you know what we should do? Get together and play Age of Empires on a LAN? I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to play, like, a bunch of strangers at a fucking GameStop. That's lame. Mm-hmm. I could I could totally see them like <laughs> closing down their game stops so they could do like a kid's birthday party so they could play Fortnite and have cake. That's oh what they're God. that's what they're aiming for. Like that I think that is the target audience. It's like a bunch of twelve year olds having a birthday party and they're all gonna play, you know, Fortnite. That sure, okay. I mm. get it. All right, let's move on because GameStop's trash anyway. Uh yeah. so Disney finally announced that Palpatine was a clone in Rise of Skywalker. How did they? I've seen this in Facebook like a thousand times. How did they announce it? Wasn't it in a book or something? It was in a book. Uh, there was. They also said it like to a journalist that tweeted it out and all that stuff. It, it, I, it, it's more of like them just being like, "Hey guys, we know you hated the movie, but Palpatine was a clone." But then like other questions come like how does these death stars get created and why was he in that little cave with all those little minion crowd people yeah why do you have the hr geiger guy yeah if he was a clone why was he all fucked up and decrepit and shit like even more so than before just clone him again then Mm. yeah just clone him a new young body why would he be an old fucked up body yeah i don't it doesn't it's it just raises too many questions yes one of my favorite lines (laughs) disney disney could just move on Honestly, when I read that, the, the my first reaction was, who fucking cares? And yes. the second and third and hundredth time I read it, I was like, who fucking cares? <laughs> it's pretty much been me. I just, who cares? I don't care if he was a clone. Whatever. He was in the movie. It was part of a movie I saw. The movie was all right. I was entertained you, for two and a half that, hours. If the fact that he was a clone, you felt so important to fucking say it, why the fuck wasn't it in the movie? Mm-hmm. kidding like if it's that yeah he's that's that's exactly right if it's that important it should have been part of the movie i just yeah, don't I, care anymore it's just fucking star wars is just done for me well honestly if i want to get like hypercritical and like you know push the glasses up on the bridge of my nose with my middle finger and nerd out um i think it was more interesting when it was a mystery yeah i agree with that yeah i wonder if he was a clone disney you should have never said it you fucked up again <laughs> it doesn't matter what they do they're fucked they fuck up if they do it they fuck up if they don't mm-hmm. like i said move on what was that other thing they're working on with trying to get keanu reeves or something like that night of the old republic or something doing those movies whatever is, it, is, Ke- is keanu reeves gonna be a jedi that's what they're aiming for oh my god Whoa. i would actually kind of want to see that <laughs> yeah, kick ass it's fine i'm, I'm on board let's do it uh, and then the last piece of news here, I don't know if Zach or Andy, you have any, but uh, 
remember when we were talking about Planet of the Apes that maybe they might do a reboot since now it's with Disney. The director says it's not a reboot. It's a continuation after War uh, of the Planet of the Apes. And I'm a little excited. Yeah. I uh, Before we were on the air, you put that in there. And I was like, I cannot fucking believe that. Like, I would have never guessed that that would happen. That is that is great news. I really... If they, if it actually is a continuation and they do it with the same same amount of, of whatever gravitas that they gave the other three movies, I think it could be really good. Even even if it is Disney. Like they'll Disney it up and fuck it up a little bit, but I think it could still be good. Make it like Planet of the Apes endgame or something. <laughs> fucking Thanos and his little Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do like a time thing and they're gonna get like the original Planet of the Apes in there too. Like <laughs> gonna have like oh Dr. Zaius and Cornelius and Zaya in there somehow or some dumb stupid shit like that. Just Ant Man shows up out of nowhere. That would be fine because honestly, the new movies are great, but Doctor Zaius isn't in them. But if they could get Doctor Zaius in there, oh yeah, <laughs> he's he's my favorite. Doctor Zaius is my favorite. Uh, if you want to hear more about why Doctor Zaius is my favorite, go back and listen to all of our Planet Apes episodes. They're some of my favorites. Yeah, that's where we kind of started the the ranking system of movies. So go check it out. Other than that, guys, you guys you guys have any news that you want to say? Andy, you got news? No, of course not. I never have news. Okay. I got news. <laughs> What's your news? Uh, Castlevania Season 3 comes out this week. Yes, finally. God damn it, I love that show. March 5th. That's two and, days. And I'll be starting a vacation that day. Well. Finish Death Stranding. Yes, on your vacation. <laughs> no, wait, not March 5th. March. What the fuck day? Seventh, my vacation starts. Shit, close enough. That, that's your birthday party, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> I just, I just, I just love that awkward part. I'm like, wait, did Zach just ruin a uh, like a surprise birthday party or something? No, no yeah. No. <laughs> I planned it. I'm lame. None of my friends like me enough to do something like that. I'm just having people to my place. Nice. Yeah. Just an excuse to hang out. Playing oh, you, you can come, but it's like a 14-hour drive. So. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you want to do that. <laughs> if I had um, if I had time as far as like getting paid time off, I would have went. But I don't. Let's see. Uh, Top Gun 2 is coming out sooner than what everybody thought. Wait. Oh, that's a bad sign. Wait. June 24th instead of June 26th. Oh. Uh, well, it's not that much sooner then. And it's the day after my birthday. Oh, oh shit. shit. Our birthday talk. And you can see... Oh, what were you going to say? Uh, no, Tom Cruise is my favorite actor. Really? Yeah. I had... When I was growing up, my dad decided to put, like, Tom Cruise 80s movies. So I was watching, like, Risky Business and fucking uh, Top Gun and A Few Good Men and all that shit. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, growing up when we did... You know, that stuff would be on TV a lot or whatever. So, yeah, I get it. Because I did, too. I, I kind of came up on the same stuff. That, Schwarzenegger, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, see, Doom Eternal's out in the 20th. Excite. Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. In Animal <laughs> Crossing. Doom Crossing. <laughs> I'm still um, really, really enjoying all the memes that have come out of that. Uh. 
There's a what? lot. Of, there's a lot of games coming out. It's scary because you have Doom, you have Animal Crossing, you have Resident Evil Three, you have Final Fantasy Seven Remake. God, I'm gonna be broke. I'm not gonna be broke because I planned all this. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It's called financial planning. Oh, did you see the? Uh, <laughs> while we we're speaking, Death Stranding kind of. Did you see that they released a trailer? Uh, of Death Stranding coming to PC with like the Half Life stuff on him. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting. I guess Five Hundred Five Games helped uh, Kojima with that. I guess. And apparently, and apparently, uh, Kojima Productions is gonna have a like a announcement soon and people are thinking it's going to be silent hill but i don't think so i think it's something else yeah that hype started back up about silent hill again i've read that a lot lately people are like convinced they're like analyzing like the shit they post on twitter and everything they're like this is it this is it this kojima said he was working in his office by himself in silence and on his computer screen there was a hill it's it's a little it's a little tug in cheek, but uh, Stop Skeletons from Fighting also tweeted the picture of him like in his office and zoomed way in on the pencil and it's Pyramid brand pencils. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, guys? Are you for real? <laughs> but oh my god, I'm starting to. Ha- I'm not starting to hate Kojima because Kojima's cool, but I, I'm, his little fucking. Uh, I'm planning something, and he like does this picture. Like it annoys me because I I think he trolls the crowd, knowing that they're gonna overanalyze it. I love it. I love it. I love that he does that. I love when people start like trolling, uh, the fans like that. Um, uh, uh like I said, if he would have done nothing but release trailers for Death Stranding for the next decade, I would have been entertained. I would have always been like, what's this? What's happening next? Oh, I let people's reactions to this are stupid. I, I, re- I really like when people fly in the face and stuff like that. This is totally neither here nor there, but I started following um, John. What's How do you pronounce uh, uh, No, Boyega. What, they played Finn in the Star Wars movies. John Boyega. I, yeah. I, pl- I started following him on Twitter and he always fucks with people. There's like a picture of him and um, Oscar Isaac on set. Uh, talking and like a bunch of people were tweeting this oh behind the scenes photo it's just them just talking about something and he says oh here's uh, Poe and Finn hanging out probably talking about girls you know because people always like wanted them to be gay together and he's just like nope talking about girls <laughs> just like being a dick <laughs> on Twitter he really is yeah because uh, weren't weren't they pushing the agenda but like oh look at these guys they're get, gonna be gay in the film <laughs> right yeah that, that's that's him being an asshole <laughs> Deluded, wishful thinking. Uh, um, oh, someone, someone else who's like that is Ryan Johnson. His his Twitter is also hilarious. Sorry, Zach, for interrupting you for like the fifteen billion time. But um, Ryan Johnson actually, uh, when he was doing the interview for Knives Out, apparently he was like, "Yeah, I didn't really care about the canon. I just did my own thing." And people are flipping out about that as well. <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> but Zach, continue with your news. Oh, I was just going to say, because uh, Andy was talking about how Kojima would troll people. One of my, my favorite video game dev troll is Yoshihiro Ono. That is a guy who works at Capcom, and he's over in Street Fighter, basically. Mm-hmm. And he started this thing. I remember, like, um, 
oh, what game was it? It was just when he started to become director of Street Fighter. Uh, it might have been the 2 HD uh, remake because uh, that came out before 4. I think that was supposed to like test the water if there was still interest in Street Fighter at the time. And he would he had like this little Blanca figure that you could hold in your hand. It was like a handheld Blanca figure. And what he would do is like this is back when like Twitter was like new. He would like post a picture of himself holding the Blanca in front of the computer screen and you couldn't see shit. Hmm. It was just like soon. And it's like, what's soon? I can't see anything. <laughs> and then he would like do something else. He he would do obscure something with Blanca and like progressively he would obscure less of the frame and you could see little bits of like what's behind the screen. And then people started seeing like it's street fighter. What are you doing? Tell us. And th- th- it came, it became that. And that's just had been his signature from now on when he is going to announce something. He hypes it up with Blanca pictures of him holding that thing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Is that all the news you got Zach? Yeah, because you kind of talked about the FF7 demo. I mean, it's already out, but yeah, I just figured it'd be worth bringing up. You already did. Sweet. All right, guys. So I think we'll end the episode. Uh, like it's like we said, Purple Rain is the next movie, so make sure you watch it and come back, and we'll talk about it. But if you want to watch more uh, of Big Trouble Podcast, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. We're also on Spotify and iTunes if you search Nerd Review Network. We also have a website, nerdreview.com. And again, uh, I recommend uh, listening to the Nick Apostolidis uh, interview. Uh, we have a new Getting Some Color coming this Thursday. We're going to give our final reviews of uh, AEW Revolution since uh, Zach had a little trouble on the main event. Where... Yeah, there was a, a technical snafu. Yeah, so we're going to be giving our final thoughts on that, talk about NWA Power and all the jazz, and we have Elimination Chamber coming up, but who cares about that uh, pay-per-view? We gotta watch it, though. Yeah, sadly. Um, <laughs> and then hopefully we'll get back on track uh, on Resident Evil 5. But until next time, everybody, uh, have a good night. Later. Thanks for listening. Stay strong. Stay safe. <laughs>